All right, guys, my name is Dr. Shornell Wolverton Sihan, and I am super, super, super excited about this one. I have to tell you, I'm a little, little happy about this one because The Office was a big game changer for me personally. Um, some of you know when I was dealing with the C word, not the new C, but the old C, um, and was reverse engineering my, my physical body to not have to go through all the weird treatments um, that are maybe more um, relative to most people on the Western side, as far as chemo, radiation, that kind of stuff. For me, laughter was a big component of changing my body chemistry to keep me alive and on the planet. And so The Office turns out to be uh, one of the big shows that I would just put on autoplay kind of through that whole year process for me just to stay above the snake line and the good vibrations. And um, so Craig and I are here with Andy Buckley. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. I'm delighted to be here. Yes. Um, Thanks so for having me. Kind of funny how this all happened. Um, I, I love synchronicities and um, just how we get to land on connecting with people. But I was actually at a Matchbox 20 concert and I think I've been four times now because I love their music and I just think they're super people and we were kind of we were in Ohio my husband and I and we were kind of in the front row and so we can kind of see like what was going on in the back and out pops David Wallace aka the real Andy Buckley and when I saw him over in the corner I told my husband I'm like oh my god that's Andy Buckley right there, like standing right there talking to Rob Thomas. And he was like, no, it's not. I'm like, it for sure is like, that is a hundred percent. Yes. And we had a little bit of an argument. And so I started taking pictures so I can merely zoom in to show my husband who did not believe me. And at one point I have a couple where he's directly looking at me and like even waving and like, kind of like awkward, but, um, later, I was definitely proven right and uh, posted some of it on um, Instagram and Andy reached out and was like, hey, send me pictures or kind of gave a like or a thumbs up or whatever. And I said, hey, would you want to be on the podcast anytime and just talk about like art and comedy and music and how that is like a great vibration. And he agreed. Isn't that sweet to, <laughs> to come on? So um oh. I'm glad you asked. Thank you so much for being Sweet of us. you to ask. Oh, well, Craig, I know. Fellow Matchbox 20 fans. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's tons. I mean, who isn't a Matchbox 20 fan or Rob Thomas or any of those guys are just great. How, what was your, how did you meet up with them? Like, I'm curious. Um, it, You know, it was, it was, um, it's, it's Rob, uh, who, who, uh, like, I, I you know, been buddies with him now i think it's like 15 years almost it's uh he it's hard to find a nicer sweeter lovelier guy than him um and i and i find that to be the case with uh the half a dozen musicians i guess that i'm uh good pals with whether they're famous or not they're just all uh lovely and kind and sweet and um but this one um like this how this happened was uh I, I he had I watched him on Letterman. I mean, I'd been a Matchbox Twenty fan, you know, still am, et cetera. But um, uh, he was on Letterman doing so, so, you know, when he was it was a solo song, uh, this beautiful song, "Someday," 
which I, you know, just happened to like watch late one night at home. Um, it was in, uh, it was like 2009, 2010. And uh, I was watching like, gosh, I love this. What a, what a beautiful song, you know, like an uplifting song, I thought. And, um, and so I, I, you know, I played it a lot that month. And, uh, and like for my older son, who was, gosh, what was he? he was like four or five at the time. And anyway, jump ahead a, a month or two or, or something like that. Uh, I'm in New York and there's this movie I got into being called The Other Guys. Big, great, fun comedy, uh, you know, with Wal you know, Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg, Michael Keaton, on and on, a bunch. And there's a big premiere. And, um, and I'm talking to someone in the lobby, you know, and, uh, and, and there across the lobby before the movie starts, I see Rob and, uh, Mari who I, you know, um, I obviously don't, you know, didn't know either of them. Um, uh, but I'm talking to someone I'm like, holy crap. And I just mid sentence beeline right over to him and Hey, Hey, you know, I, I, I felt like, you know, uh, that, 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 that SNL bit where, uh, Chris Farley goes, do you know, your do you know, your Paul McCartney, you know, like the, the, the I don't know if you guys know that. It's like a sort of a famous one. He's like, yeah, said, isn't that cool? Um, I go up to him like, hey, you're Rob Thomas. He's like, yeah. <laughs> See, it's a very good sense of humor. Anyway, so yeah. And uh, <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, ah, ah, my name's Andy. He says, I know. He's in, you know, he's a big comedy fan, big office fan. He's like, I know who you are, Wallace. And uh, I said, Tamari, that's Wallace over there. We got to say hi. Uh, and that was sort of the beginning. And we talked then movie started afterwards. We're talking and he was so great. Like about a month after that, he was, was doing a big charity event for the sidewalk angels yeah. out in Las Vegas. He's like, come on in, come on in. And we, it was like, it was crazy. We got to, we, we flew out to that, never do anything like that. It's like, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, let's go. So my wife and I went and, and, you know, went to the show and, you know, he sets us up and we're sitting like literally right in front of everybody else on the side with uh andre agassi and steffi you know graf his wife they're they're good buddies uh and i'm looking at my wife i'm like this is freaking can you believe this can you this is unbelievable um and and we you know we've we've been you know pals ever since and uh yeah they so they were they were on tour uh this summer so i um i saw them at the hollywood bowl when they played but then i took my younger son we were coming back from Toronto where my wife is from. And I was like, Hey, they're playing in Pittsburgh. Come on. It'll be your first concert. You know, we go, we can like hang out. It'll be fun. Blah, blah, blah. Like I don't have, I can't do that with anybody, you know, like no other band in the world. So, um, so this summer we did, you know, I took my younger son and we, we go and we're, you know, like hanging around backstage and, and, um, and then watch, you know, watching the show and the whole bit that was Pittsburgh. And then, the Toledo one was just me. I was like, well, they're going to, I'm not going to get this. They're not going to, this is it. This will be my last shot. I was working, uh, doing something on the East coast. And on the way back, I stopped there for, um, you know, that, that, you know, see him that in that show. And, um, and obviously I've gotten to meet the other guys in the band, but you know, we're, we were texting last night as a matter of fact. Really? How cool. They're, they're about to, they're going on tour to, australia and new zealand in a couple of days so oh wow yeah i love that he does yeah, he, all the he's animal stuff too yeah i mean that's that's a that's a that's their big thing and i'm sure sure they raise a lot of 
a, little, a lot of money for it. Mm. He's all, he's always seemingly doing con- like you guys always working. It's crazy. Uh, if it's not like, you know, the thing that the New York city, like NBC had a big, you know, light the Christmas tree. He's there singing sidewalk angel stuff. He's always giving concerts. Um, but, um, there you go. That's the short answer. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Well, I'm glad that we connected. I mean, whenever I saw that that was their last one for the United States or whatever, it was a very last yeah. one. I was like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. I need, I needed some kind of shift in, in my own personal situation. But I know that Craig is a big office fan on the English side and and somehow I got them to come over a little bit to the American office. Yeah. Um but your background Oh did they did they do a spin-off in England after the American <laughs> show? Don't let them hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it was a like bit popular idol and everything else. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, so so I was 17 or sort of 16, 17 when the UK office, you know, the original one came out. Um <laughs> and the good uh, one yeah it literally shaped my my later teenage years it was just you know when something is just so so hilarious and it's so subtle and that's what i love about the office humor is everybody knows someone who can relate to each one of the characters like that sort of observational humor um it's just perfect and um obviously i've, I've you know your character in the office is is um fairly straight and narrow but in a hilarious way um it's it's it, to me it's just perfect comedy because you know you can have slapstick and all this sort of stuff but when it's just fairly normal but but observing the crazy things we humans do in a normal situation it's just perfect it's brilliant something i've always thought is like off sort of camera or in between scenes and things like it must be hilarious like how do you keep a straight face how do you get through scenes because i'd just be laughing constantly <laughs> i i um i definitely would laugh constantly actually i mean <laughs> it's hard hard not to do that with it's your opposite steve carell yeah um i mean a guy could you know it's him will ferrell you know it's like it's a handful of guys that are just extreme <laughs> melissa mccarthy uh that are Kristen wig you know like um so yeah i would constantly break up and um and and I would so I say hey come on, because at the time like I I had stopped acting it wasn't going well, um, and and I was just like focused I was working at Merrill Lynch as a as a stockbroker you know as a financial advisor, um, and I was four plus years into that when I got my lucky phone call from uh, Allison Jones the casting woman for the office my patron saint I call her, um, and um, uh, so I would always say hey come on guys. I'm just a stockbroker. What do you expect? What do you expect? Um, because they say, come on, Buckley, try and keep it, try and keep it together. Because yes, I would just burst out laughing. Um and throughout the day, you're just around funny people and it's just a fun environment. So you're 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 having a good time and you're laughing. But uh specifically in the scenes, yeah. They 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 did uh, you know, seven or eight takes. I probably laughed in at least, you know, four or five of them. And so they're limited what they're able to use for me. <laughs> that, that's what I love about watching sort of the outtakes, um, you know, and just, just the bloopers because um, of, of the UK office and, and the US office. It's just 
like when people break character, they they can't get through a scene because it's that funny. They, you know, they can't keep a straight face. Oh, yeah. It's brilliant to watch. It's brilliant. It's a, it's uh, and you know, and I I didn't actually get to meet Ricky Gervais. Uh, I met Stephen Merchant a couple of times. He directed a couple of episodes and right. Yeah. Um, not that I was in, but I made a point of going over and and meeting like driving over and say you know kind of you know and meeting him. Um, one of these days I'll meet Ricky. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, just, I, I gotta thank him for creating the show for ultimately creating the job um but uh yeah it's it's uh it's it was very hard to keep a straight for the hardest hardest i think i was the that i was there anybody ever laughed and it was just it was because it was a combination of people is there's a scene uh i think it was the seventh season where um steve thinks that uh jim is trying to get his job. So I'm in the conference room with Jim and we're talking and, and Steve's out there and he's like, ah, you know, what's Krasinski doing? And, uh, and so he gets Ed Helms to, to wheel in a cheese cart and he's hiding under the cheese cart. Absolutely. And Ed is, I mean, that was, that was kind of the first time I, um, I think that might've been the first time I was ever really in like a significant scene uh, with Ed. And I realized just how funny he was because he was he, he had everybody going laughing uh, for almost an hour. They they couldn't keep it together. It would be like you'd see Steve underneath. He'd be shaking because he'd be laughing, but you know, and then the cart would shake, or I'd laugh, or or John, or camera guys, or sound guys, or you know, the drag, whatever it was. It would just we'd have to stop the scene and go back, and it, and it was because <laughs> Ed was just so funny. Mm. the wisconsin cheddar uh you know whatever he was talking that's about because he really goes into in-depth detail about this cheese that's on this this table and obviously he's underneath and it's it. all just like cheese whiz you know yeah. you know uh, he made it sound like you know the greatest brie from france or <laughs> you know whatever yeah and and then I, what i love about that is then obviously he sort of wheels it back out with his hands and then he sort of steps out and right. turns as if like it was completely normal it's a brilliant scene Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. One of my um, favorites is the whole circuit situation, and my dog is barking like crazy. But you know, there you go. the actual I, inventor of suck it. I, I, I you know, there I it should is. be. <laughs> I should be wearing the suck it sweatshirt. You know, there we go. There we go. That was uh, man. Oh man, that's that's what college kids yell. Um, <laughs> like in airports and something like that. If I'm walking along and they and they happen to recognize me or whatever, suck it. <laughs> uh, which is a ton of fun. That's um, the uh, that's what I should put on my new business card. I have these business cards that I give out. Uh, I don't know if you can see that. Dunder Mifflin paper, <laughs> paper, <laughs> brilliant. David Wallace, I'd love to have one of them. <laughs> The, uh, it's so funny, like, you know, same thing, college kids or, you know, wherever. And I say, hey, you want to get in the paper business, call us. And there's no phone number. Um, <laughs> I should put on their inventor of suck it. Um, yes. Well, how sad was funny. it when it was over, though? Did you guys, like, grieve? Like, did you feel like it's like a death a little bit? I mean, I'm sad that it's over and I'm not even doing it. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a... Uh, it was uh, I, it's funny that suck it episode, that was a bit of a grieving moment because um, 
that was like my last episode for, and I didn't know if I was ever coming back or whatever. They're like, you know, that's it, you know, for, but luckily they called me back, but for about a year and a half. Um, and, and how you find out on the, how I, how, how I happen to find out about this sometimes, I mean, there's different ways, I guess, but that you do a thing called a table read. Um, so if we're filming, is it what they said? You have whatever day, middle of the week, you're starting an episode next Monday, that Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, at lunch, they'll read that next week's episode that they're going to be filming. And so it's uh, pretty much most of the actors. And then around the uh, the big table is like all the writers and camera guys and uh, sound people, et cetera. Um, notes, all right, oh, we, gotta, we need a location or all right, we're going to need props. We're going to need a giant. It's Valentine's Day. You know, Phyllis has gotten another giant teddy bear from Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Um, you gotta, you gotta always say it and, um, things like that. So anyway, the table read for that is like, wait a second, am I done? Oh my God. Is this it? Is this my last episode? This is for a while. We're going to bring it back at some point. We just don't know when or how, but don't worry, Buckley. But yeah, you, you're gone for a while. Like, oh no. Yeah. Are they I mean... just saying they'll bring me back? They won't. Uh, and luckily they did, but then yes. Yeah. When it ended, yeah, it was definitely sad. Definitely sad. Um, and it's insane how it's just like lived on and net, you know, I guess thanks to Netflix and, uh, and then when people were, when people were home a lot in the last few years, uh, you know, the whole world is watching. Um, and, uh, it was funny cause the first season we did, uh, this show in the UK in London, um, in Watford, Greg, we were filming at Leavesden. Up near Watford. Miles um, down south to my, me. <laughs> the, my accent's horrible. I was constantly, uh, you know, they always say, hey, it's great. You sound like Dick Van Dyke, which I guess his accent was historically like the worst of any. The worst London accent <laughs> you know, imaginable, yeah. In any movie. That's such a caricature. Um, but it was, so like maybe once, once every couple of weeks in 2019, I'd, I'd be, you know, someone would say, oh, hey, what do you got? You got an office. Like, yeah. And then uh, after everybody was home for a while, that's all they're doing is watching The Office. So when we filmed the next season in 2021, uh, it was like a couple times a week. You know, it was just like a much more record. People you know, had, had watched and like, ah, that's that guy. That's Michael Scott's boss. Um, and it's and it's just crazy. It keeps on. It keeps on going. It's just crazy. Um, and when Michael uh, like leaves after he goes, you know, Teddy's doing his thing and you're doing your thing. And then Michael gets in the car and he's like, that's not the David Wallace I know. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I'm out of here. Some sort of weird <laughs> something that's taken over my David Wallace's body. Something <laughs> like that. Nuts. Oh, I mean, that was good. It's so funny. I always, I'm like, like one of the luckiest guys on the planet that that was. That like you know, I got to do a whole shoot the whole show. Yeah. Do Do you keep in contact with them, or do you have like gatherings like every now and then, or anything like that, or does that uh, I, see... I, don't, I don't know. No, you know, I email the writers uh, every day saying, "Can we please bring it back?" No, um, <laughs> please. Um, my kids. No, they need to eat. No, I um, I see um. I see Kate Flannery, uh, aka Meredith Palmer, um, 
I guess I sort of, I, we live in this, in the same kind of basic neighborhood. So I bump into her or, or I, you know, I, I keep in touch with her consistently. And then, um, Kevin Malone, you know, our top accountant, uh, Baumgartner, I see him around often. It's like a charity golf events, uh, is when I'll uh, see him the most. Um, and then they've, they've, it's, it's actually been fun. They've had a couple of, uh, I used to see Steve pretty consistently because his, uh, our kids were at the same elementary school and then his kids moved, you know, went on to, uh, a different school and my kids are still there because they're not very smart. No, I'm kidding. Um, they keep getting held back. Um, but, uh, but you know, and you, you, you'll sort of see something, you'll bump, I bumped into Mindy a couple of months ago, like, you know, somewhere and you chat for a couple of minutes, but they, they've had these two conventions. Um, this lovely guy, uh, Arnold, uh, down Aquero down in Miami, uh, hosts these, he has these, he puts on these big conventions, these specifically office con type conventions. Wow. There was one in New Jersey a couple of years ago and last year it was in Chicago and it was crazy. Um, rain was at the, at the one in Chicago and uh, I mean, there must have been ten thousand people there that day. It was nuts. Wow. Wow. He was he was only there the first day, um, and then uh, it's there, there are always two days. The next one is in Miami uh, in July, and uh, but you, you know between a couple of days, there's like you know four or five thousand people each day, and unless unless rain is there, or, you know I'm I'm sure he'll get a couple other. Uh, um, I mean, Ed wasn't there, or you know, Jim and Pam, you know, like the the big five, as you might say. They uh, he hasn't gotten them yet, but I think well, he's hopeful he's going to get you know one of them this next one. Speaking of rain, though, like as funny as he is, he's kind of deep too, isn't he? Kind of like philosophical, kind of like you know, he's he's really smart, dude. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so. Um, Soul, Soul Boom—that's his book, right? Uh, the latest. I think he's had a couple of books, but um, and um, yeah, he had the website Soul Pancake, which I'm not sure if he's still a part of. I know he sold it a while back, but uh, I assume he's probably still a part of it. Um, yeah, I love that. I don't know if you guys saw that he had the—I think it was a Netflix thing. Um, you know, the art of happiness, or how to be happy. You know, who's happy. It was a show he did where he traveled around the world, you know, finding people that are happy, you know, and what's the key to their happiness? Well, whether it's like the Buddhist monks or, you know, some uh, Maori Indian tribe somewhere. And uh, I think that's Australia. Um, or, you know, a group of women that go plunging in the cold Manchester Sea, you know, up in, uh, you know, in Manchester. You know, just kind of all over and, and and why and what or, you know, or some tennis pro out in Palm Springs. You know, why is this guy happy? Because it, it's it's a sort of a uh, and it was great. I didn't see all of all the episodes, but the few I saw were terrific. I had no um, idea. But I have yeah. to go check it out. But speaking I, I'm of pretty happy, sure it was Netflix. What's that? Yeah. Oh, no, I was just I'm pretty sure it was Netflix and and. I know happiness is in the title. I I, I forget the exact title. I'll definitely look it up. I, um, speaking of happy though, I mean that's kind of how I bumped into not physically bumped into you, but that's how we connected is music. And I know music is a big thing for you, golf. 
it's it's apparently a thing and you've mentioned that a couple times and mm. you're headed that way um you know with everything all the changes in the world and just you know you you know you reached out about my grandmother and different you know deaths and just you know a lot of people are going through a lot of loss a lot of sickness a lot of different strange things that are kind of happening everywhere and um like what do you do like what's your outlet how do you because comedy is huge for me music and I know um Craig's actually a musician I've written music for years and actually had some on the radio and that that kind of went down that avenue for a little bit um but animals is a big thing for me I've fostered 101 animals that's kind of keeps me grounded a little bit too but like what do you do personally um i've gotten out of my eating habit because i gotta i gotta <laughs> comfort eating um i gotta get myself back in shape uh gained a couple of pounds but um you know yeah i mean it's funny uh yes golf is great i don't really play it all that much i, I mostly save it for charity events these days um or if my older son wants to go play uh, you know that's I, I always do that um, cause he doesn't really want to do anything else with me. Uh, so once a month we'll get to do that. Um, and it's funny, I mean, I'm a huge, uh, I, I have a great friend out of West Texas. Um, now I was always a music fan, but he's like a maniacal music fan. Neither of us are musicians. I mean, I know about five chords on the piano. Um, and, uh, which is wild cause you can sit there even only knowing like five chords and keep yourself entertained and just play and it's just the greatest feeling ever. And I, and again, I don't do that all that much. I wish I did that more. Um, but, um, yeah. So he, he introduced me to all like the West Texas music out of like Joe Ely. If you, I don't know if you guys know these guys like Joe Ely and Terry Allen and this guy, Robert Earl Keen. And, um, they're all these like West Texas rock and rollers, um, as opposed to like a Nashville country sound there, the, you know, Texas, West Texas, uh country sound and um and through and through them uh through barry my that's his barry tub he was an actor he was in like top gun and he was wolfman and the lonesome oh, dub yeah. miniseries and a bunch, bunch of stuff you know like he was the guy in the cowboy hat and in the original the original one years ago but um but uh and so through through him i met uh, a couple of my good pals who were uh texas musicians songwriters um bruce robison uh i just love listening to his music he and uh his sadly his brother charlie who was like a great entertainer um would you know sell out a couple thousand seat places all throughout texas and was just a, a ton of fun he uh he unfortunately passed away this past year oh. um but um uh, but they you know both both great pals of mine. And Bruce is the guy, I don't know if you know that beautiful Dixie Chick song, Traveling Soldier. Um, he wrote that and he he wrote some other songs that like George Strait did a couple of his songs and they became number one songs. And Tim McGraw had this song called Angry All the Time. He, you know, this, this is probably going back like 10 years when they were he, like in this course of three or four years, he had four number one songs that he had written and it was funny because he had written them 10 years before, you oh. know, it's just like the, the, you know, everlasting nature of uh, what music can be. Um, and uh, so these, so I, you know, 
that whole Texas, West Texas world I was introduced to, but um, it's, it's, yeah, I, I mean, I'll sit, I'll sit on a plane. If I'm on like a plane, whether it's two hour plane ride or six hour plane ride, I'm just listening to music the whole time. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch one. Um, you know, if it's a super long ride, I'll, I'll watch a movie or something like that. But, uh, and you just listen as you're doing some work and uh, it's a whole, could be the band it could be early rod stewart it could be you know i got rob and matchbox in there and um you know a whole variety of of things and then the my younger son introduces me to like newer you know newer people yeah he's probably the one that introduced me to post malone um <laughs> we were talking about that you know we're texting about that and um and it's you know that's one great way uh, that can just totally change your whole mood, your whole, yeah. uh, you know, outlook on the day. 100%. And and then it's crazy. And you get songs like Eye of the Tiger. Like when I was golfing in high school, you know, Rocky Three, Eye of the Tiger, that was like my motivation song that got me, you know, pumped up. Um, and there's obviously countless other songs like that. Like, you know, over here, you know, like, I don't, I don't know if they, they probably don't have that in, in, uh, and I think you call it soccer over there. Um, walk up songs. Actually, you um, call it like, you know, baseball. Ball. <laughs> no, I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, the uh, but yeah, you know, baseball players have their walk up songs, like to yeah. pump them up before they you know go to bat. I don't know, if, um, or you know, got boxers walking out into the ring, or I don't know if UFC people have that. Um, but so it's what's your uh, yeah. pump up song. Eye of the Tiger, that's it. I guess it's uh no, you know what it is now? It's um Street Corner Symphony, the opening uh that's sort of the thing that gets me going. That's one of them, I guess. Um and uh, but yeah, I guess it'll always be you know, Eye of the Tiger always works also. Yeah. So I'd love to ask um, if you don't go mind. ahead, yep. Um, so it's no no secret that things are somewhat intense in the world and certainly has been for the past several years, you know, whether it be politically and, and things are happening as we speak that aren't great. What role do you see yep. that sort of arts and entertainment and music has in keeping people sane, <laughs> keeping people grounded and keeping people in a good place? Well, I think the beauty of comedy you know, it's definitely just, it can lighten you up and keep you laughing. And, um, uh, you know, whether it's the craziness of international things or just the craziness of, of you know, domestic things or just the craziness of your own life. Um, and, uh, and obviously you had, we're dealing with the, with the significant things, Charnel and, uh, um, and comedy just can keep you laughing you know, and it's easy and it's, you know, generally 22 minutes or whatever. Um, and, um, you can, you know, you can binge watch these things. So you can sit there for a couple hours and watch, um, which I, I have trouble doing that. I can, I can, I like no more than, I can't do more than three episodes. Um, but you know, um, so I think that's a, that's a huge part. And obviously musically, I think you can, uh, uh, you know, I mean, one, I mean, my goodness, like one song, we are the world. There you go. Like, and can like kind of change, kind of change the world in a, in a way. 
at least for for a while um but then just the beauty of you know music just in general um can just as you know whether in a, in a big scale change everything um and um and is it you know is it is it i, I mean i guess i mean some are artists i mean i don't even know if, i don't know if i quite consider myself an artist but you know um but like some real significant artists i guess um i think they i think it like they feel like they want to i think a lot of them feel like they want to you know do something to have an impact in the world um you know and what's going on and voice their opinion uh or how they feel about it um and when when you're sort of acting with other actors is there a sense of I don't know, mission or calling to do that? Or is it just a career to most people and it's a way to make money? Or I'm curious, what's the sort of the mentality amongst sort of actors and artists that you've associated with? Um, the ones that I've um, kind of, the ones that I've like worked with, I don't know that they... Uh, I mean, you have your guy, your folks like Tim Robbins, just, you know, I mean, he's not really acting much anymore. Uh, I think he's doing a little bit, but, you know, he's very politically active and, and has been since he was in his 20s, you know, before anybody knew him, he had a theater group that was very politically, uh, uh, you know, motivated. Um, I forget what it was called, but um, so you have, you have people like that, that like from the get go, that's their uh motivation you know and then you just have people other i mean for the most part the ones that i've tended to work with are just more on this side of like they're just you know this is what they love to do and they have and they're funny or they're terrific dramatic actors um generally it's uh uh funny and you know they have thoughts about things opinions about things they don't necessarily feel they have to talk know, about it get get it out there or talk about it or you yeah. know put it yeah. in their work some do you know some do and i think it's but i um i think it's somehow i think it's less than the tim robbins sides of the of the world i think mm -hmm. at least the ones i've worked with well it's weird how triggered people get too it, even if you do have a thought to say i mean i've seen some stuff on your instagram it's like you guys like calm down like People can still, just because you have a job doesn't mean you don't have an opinion about your passion. And I think sometimes people like all the canceling and, oh, this person, it's like, just let people say what they want to say and express what they want to express. And why is there so much weirdness about, you know, we don't have to agree on everything. So it's polarized, okay. you know, it's okay. But, <laughs> It's really wild how, yeah, the and I and I know I know some people say it's the whole social media aspect that you know allows it to become so polarizing as opposed to if you didn't have that, yeah, because uh, it's just so easy to sit there and type something in in an impulsive moment. Um, but yeah, not a lot of di not as much dialogue happening uh, as maybe there used to be or ideally there would be. Do you, do you think um like steve corral for example or i don't know anybody really is you seem kind of like your character in a way like you seem like i mean obviously you're not an accountant and running 
Dunder and Mifflin or whatever, you know, the regional branch or whatever. But like as a person, you just seem like you're funny anyway, like normal. Like are these guys like putting on and just reading the script or are they actually just normally funny and just that's their character? That's their actual personality, you know? Um, well, with Steve, it's definitely, I mean, he, that's not his character. Uh, I mean, with with everybody, really, everybody's acting um, in it. Uh, you know, Rain is not is not Dwight. Um, <laughs> it's funny you meet him. He's like he's like shockingly kind and sweet. Um, and and funny, he's very the whole, a lot of the cast, which is kind of unusual. A lot of the cast is really tall. Like he's about yeah, six, you're three, tall. Six, four. Brzezinski's that tall. I'm reasonably tall. Todd Packer, you know, Craig Robinson. Like, there's a bunch of you know, Brian Baumgart is like a lot of, you know, six two, six three or more uh, folks on the show. Um, but they're all, uh, you know, everybody's acting to a degree, you know, to, sorry, you know, everybody's definitely acting. Uh, Steve, you meet him, he's just like a mild manner. He's just he's a very nice guy, uh, as normal as, as they come. And, um, you know, and, and and obviously same with you know, with uh, with Dwight, you know, with Rain, lovely normal guy. Um, so there's, there's a lot of acting. I think, um, yeah, it's it's funny. I I mean, yeah, it's it, and maybe it's Adam. I'm sure Rain, and uh, so it's and quite a bit like creed it's heightened um they I mean, they have it in them somewhere to sort of have these you know to, to be that person um and uh so it's, it's you know it's them you know on steroids type of thing you might say but you know it's not the rain is nothing like dwight um so but um I'm trying to think of it it's uh me i mean it is yeah i'm just kind of playing myself <laughs> so, just, so okay so I'm what i like what if, for example, um, you had, a, not you, but someone had, who, who was in a comedy, had an argument with their spouse or with a child, come into the workplace in a bad mood, and you've got to go and act in a comedy. How does that feel? I mean, what 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 do you do? <laughs> um, you you just, you got to just like be able to sort of shake it off right. and shift into, you know, work mode. You know, it'd be the same thing if somebody you know is a, is a lawyer and they have to present something or you know in a court or, or deal with deal with their clients even not in court or you know, doctor or you know plumber's got to go in and he's got to talk to somebody who's got a problem you know with the pipes what, whatever it is you just you you have to sort of be able to just shake it off and shift um, into that mode uh, into you know get into work mode. Um, just like everything and everybody, you gotta act. Yeah, right? <laughs> maybe maybe we're all yeah. acting on some level. We all wear masks. <laughs> Funny, I remember I saw some interview with Marlon Brando saying that um, he was talking about like how everybody's acting all the time. So the thing from years ago, I think it was with Dick Cavett. Um, and yeah, I mean, he was, that's what he was kind of saying. He says, we're always, everybody's acting all the time. He says, you know, we're, we, you, you know, you, 
you know, the, someone to this person, you're someone to that person. As you said, you know, you, you're having a, you know, some problem at home and, but yet you got to sit there and talk to patients or talk to clients or talk to someone, you know, what, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, you're, you're working at a restaurant, you got to deal with your, you know, the people that you're serving, uh, and be pleasant and all that stuff. You know, it's, uh, so you're, you're, we're always putting on, some some different face you know well talk to us a little bit about what you're doing now and i mean i know you have i have a whole list of things you know jurassic park and you know all, there's so many things that you've been in since the office but currently you're working and doing some things and share a little bit about that yeah and it's re it's really funny half the jobs i get it's because the people who are doing the hiring or uh office fans <laughs> you know colin trevorrow from jurassic world he's a huge office fan he's like hey let's get him we can talk to him about the office um i think i, think I saw an interview and, with you actually if you sorry just to jump in um at the premiere to uh, jurassic world and you were just like i don't know why i'm here <laughs> yeah no it was it was it was uh he was, it was great. You know, I mean, it's, there, there've been a number of uh, things like that. Even, even the one that I'm getting to do now, which is a, a fun Netflix show with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the, is the star uh, and a bunch of other people. And, um, but the guy that created that uh, guy named Nick Santora, uh, magnificent guy. He, he had, he had done a show called Scorpion on CBS for uh, uh you know, a bunch of years and he i was on that for i don't know 10 11 times over the course of the years and uh, mm -hmm. the first time i was there he's like you know why you're here i'm like no i i said i might know someone and he said no you probably don't know anybody no i'm just a huge office fan and uh, you know i wanted to talk to you about the office and um you know it was, it was just it was the gift that keeps on giving uh as they say and then he's and then this is his new show nick's new show um and uh so it's uh, lovely of them to use me again um but yeah it's a it's a very fun uh i'm not you know i'm in there just a couple minutes each week or, or thereabouts i'm uh you know our arnold is a retiring cia uh operative and uh he's he divorced his wife who the love of his life and he wants to win her back you know but he had to you know do that because she was like what's going on you're always disappearing in the middle of the night and um and I'm just like the nice guy, you know, who's dating his ex-wife. Oh, so, no. <laughs> you know, my days are numbered, I'm sure. You know, I'll, uh, eventually they'll be like, well, you're, you're done. Boom. You know, I'm out and off they well, go. Into the though, to get a stage punch from Arnold, that would be amazing. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping happens just a couple of years from now. You know, get a couple of seasons out of it. My um, dad is obsessed with the show. He's always talking about it. He loves the show. I, I've, I have to admit, I haven't seen it yet. I've seen a lot of uh, stuff he sent me, but um, now I'm going to have to watch it. So there you go. Just yeah, no, it's it's fun. It's you know, it's it's lighthearted. It's fun. You got some action in there, a little intrigue, etc. But it's you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously, and it's funny. You know, it's that that's uh, there's a lot of funny people uh, in there um because some you'd recognize some you wouldn't necessarily and um or you might i don't know 
depends how much you know TV and movies you watch. But um, that Jay Baruchel, who you'd recognize from all the Seth the uh, Seth Rogen movies and Jonah Hill, and he's part of that whole group, and he's the voice of uh, Hiccup in the uh, in the How to Train Your Dragon movies. Yeah. Um, Fortune Feimster, the big stand-up, you know, and and then a bunch of other people, but uh, they're probably the two most known. Um, but it's great, you know. It's, I'm obviously aside from Arnold, uh, <laughs> who couldn't be a nicer guy, and um, very approachable. And he'd be like, "Hey," and you start talking about something, he's open to talking about anything. And big chess player, really. So you gotta you gotta bone up on your chess if you're gonna, if you're gonna you know, try and challenge him. <laughs> Interesting. So who who? I just have a couple of questions and I know because you got to go and you have your, your stuff going on, but um, number one, who do you, who, what actor do you like hang out with the most? Like that you were like buds with that, that you kind of like, just, you guys just get along and you talk the most with. Um, That's funny. I mean, I guess, uh, well, well, my 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 buddy from Texas, I talk to him a lot, but or I text with him a bunch. But he's he doesn't act anymore. That guy Barry Tubb. Um, uh, I guess you know I I check in with Kate Flannery a fair amount. Not that we uh, I don't really see I don't really hang out with anybody. Um, <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> and um, I mean it's funny. One of my not an actor, but one of my you know favorite people is um wendy you know since we're talking music wendy melvoin who was wendy and princes wendy and lisa um the uh we 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 met them um our our kids were in the same uh you know kindergarten together and and uh i just started talking to wendy and then we've just you know become great pals since then um but um not that she's an actor, you know, but I think, I think she, I think she was in a couple of movies, like doing little things, but I mean, uh, just speaking of great musicians and, um, who, who else? I'm trying to think who else. I mean, I guess I see, I mean, not that I hang out, same thing. I like, I'll see Kevin every, uh, you know, Brian Baumgartner every three or four months at these charity golf events. Um, but I, it's funny. I don't, I like, I, I don't know. I, I'm just like a home a guy that hangs around the house. <laughs> I don't really go out much. <laughs> Me too. You mean you're a normal I human being? I I think the older I get, the the more I realize I only ha have like a couple really good friends. It's like I know people, but like people that I talk to or that I would want to come over or go get a drink with or something. It's kind of a short list, but you know I didn't know if there's like anyone that sticks out to you that's just like. This is my person that I would call if something happened or, you know, that kind of deal. Well, I guess, I guess, I mean, it's funny. I guess I see him a lot more than most, but this guy, Brad Pitt, he's over here all the time. <laughs> he's just constantly hanging around. I well, can't actually, shake him. See, see, he's always wanting to hang out. It's like, hey, Brad, come on, back off, <laughs> back off. Yeah, yeah. I don't have time. I, uh, I'm actually, uh, my claim to fame is uh, I've been pushed over by Daniel Day-Lewis. That is a true fact. And it's on camera because uh, <laughs> I was an extra uh, in The Phantom Thread, with um, which 
I didn't even didn't watch the film. But anyway, um, yeah, so there was, a, there was a ballroom scene, like a, a New Year's Eve scene, and it was a big party. And Daniel Day-Lewis makes his way through the crowd and, and he pushes me out the way. And I'm on it for about five seconds um, on film. So I've, I have been in a Hollywood film. Um, and I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm now, now going to watch uh, the premiere, but uh, never mind. <laughs> hey, well, it was so believable. They probably thought he must still be in the hospital from that push. He couldn't <laughs> make the premiere. Yeah, probably. So <laughs> if you could have like a dream role, like what kind of film would you want to be in? Would it be comedy or would it be like something really serious or like what would be your dream like role? Uh, you know, it's funny. I I really loved I it was really fantastic to get to to get to do this at the one on Avenue Five. Um that was I mean, that was a blast. Um I think if there was one, it would probably be a comedy about a paper company where I could be the CFO. <laughs> that uh, would be that it. That sounds like a fun. That's one. a good idea. That'd work. It'd work. I think it would. You work. know, I think it, 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 it. I don't know if it. I don't know if they would want to make it these days. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I've gotten to do like double oh seven or any kind of like stuff like that, something like that, where you're like the hero, good guy, or. Nothing like that. No dreams. I mean, it would be, it would be, it would be a blast to get to do that. Yeah, where you're just like the regular guy who ends up being like the hero and maybe beats the heck out of a couple of people. You know, gets the final punch. I said, go away. Boom. You know, like that's not even a cool line. Go I away. said, go away. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a terrible catchphrase. Clean up on aisle five. It worked though. Um, it worked in a comedy. I said, go away. <laughs> that's so funny. Um. But, um, so, yeah, I mean, everybody wants to do, I guess, some be some action star, but, you know, yeah, John, I have to really get in shape for that. John definitely made that jump, like, doing, he's done a couple crazy, you know, action stuff that, and you're like, wait a minute, and then the guy from the office, like, how did that happen? But, oh, was... yeah, and it's wild if you, if you um, go back and you, I mean, people have things to do. But if you go back and you look at like the last couple of seasons, you sort of see like under his clothes, like, oh, yeah, he's he's like he's getting in shape like his because um, he did that. What the 13 hours, I think, was the first sort of big action thing that he did, uh, you know, which ultimately is probably the thing that led to Jack Ryan. Um, and there you go. Krasinski, another tall guy. Yeah. Um, the, all you guys, um, all y'all tall people. <laughs> Craig the, Salty. Um, huh? Craig's I'm tall too. I'm nine foot, nine foot tall. No, you're not. That's what I've heard. Yeah. No. Walker, the nine foot tall guy. <laughs> no. I mean, guy what, what I love about Manchester. Yeah, yeah, I'm tiny in Manchester. Everyone's everyone's at least ten foot. Um, one thing I was just thinking about is is like even some of these not not necessarily smaller roles, but I was just thinking about how um, I can't actually remember his name, but Tim in the UK office ended up becoming Bilbo. In the Hobbit films, you know, oh, that's like right. how these oh, yeah, yeah. Minor, semi-minor roles can just lead to such huge opportunities. I mean, you know, the world's you, anything's possible, really, once you put foot's in the door, isn't it? It's really wild. Like it's um, it's crazy. Um, because I uh, 
and that's that's sort of the thing. I mean, I was so I was referenced. I was working at Merrill Lynch, like I was there, um, and it, it wasn't being getting to be on the office the first few years that I was on it didn't really. I mean, first time I did, I did I worked a half a day. That was in 2006, 2007. I think I worked like five half days. Um, and then, but then when they started using me a lot in 2008 and nine, um, like seasons five and six, it was, uh, it was crazy. Cause I, be, you know, I was getting all kinds of opportunities to audition for all kinds of things. And, uh, so, you know, some of which I, I got hired for and some I didn't. Um, and that's, I got partners at Merrill Lynch to sort of look after like, you know, Hey, can you watch the clients? I, I may have an act, I may get to have an acting career. And, um, but it's, yeah, it's, and it's great. And it, it, I mean, especially if you're in something that is popular, you know, that like the people are seeing and you, and you're like, oh, that guy, you know, and it's really wild. You you ask about like people's, uh, or the, are they acting or is it their personality? I think your essence really comes through. Mm-hmm. There's like you, the essence of the actor really comes through. And it's, and it's kind of interesting too. Cause like you see when you watch like uh, on YouTube, you can watch auditions for you know for the office for example and there's eric stone street for modern family and he's auditioning for kevin and you know uh, bob odenkirk you know auditioning for michael scott all these things like you you get you get their essence and you sort of see you know they're great and that's why they ended up on parks and rec or that's why they ended up martin you know whatever it was um but um they're not right for this part you know they they weren't right for the gym part you know adam scott to pick one guy who was um yeah he's not right for it and uh, but then you sort of see like you get their their essence um and and you know and then and i think that really sort of shines through and and so if you're looking for you know that essence like oh that guy like in my case like uh who are we need a nice guy husband the nice guy boss you know who's somewhere in his 50s yeah yeah you got a birthday coming up don't you i know oh yes Mine's six days after yours. Ah, well, an early happy birthday. And happy birthday to you, sir. Yeah. So just just along those lines, it's just a thought. So if you go for an audition and you don't get hired, it's not necessarily a reflection on your ability. It's just whether you're right for the role, I guess. So you can't take it personally, can you? No, and that's a big thing in uh for young and you know, whatever young actors out there or old actors out there. Um it's really true. And you see it like Brian Cranston and uh, has a, it's like a little thing on Instagram. He talks about it and, and uh, Michael Keaton, there's one of him talking about it and somewhere there's one of Meryl Streep talking about it. And, um, and it's that whole thing of like, you just, it's your, your job is you go in and you give your interpretation, how you see it. And if they say, Hey, try it this way, try it that way. You know, that's great. Um, but you get, you know, give all of yourself and, and like the audition is Michael Keaton was saying that's the job or Cranston one of them like that's the job like you go in and you do it and then if they hire you great if they don't you know on to the next but it's really wild because my uh, wife and I we made one little independent movie like 20 years ago that led to my career at Merrill Lynch um <laughs> and uh, but we you know it was it was wild we were on that the other side of the uh audition table uh, and some you know, terrific actors came in to audition for this. And uh, and it was really wild because like right away, literally, they and they always say this in the books or people will say this. 
Like, you know, within 10 seconds, like literally within 10 seconds, right. if a person is the part or not, like, ah, that's not them. Um, but you also remember the great auditions. Like I remember four or five people from 20 years ago, like, man, they were great. Uh, we didn't hire them, you know, cause they didn't, they didn't really, they weren't the part. Um, but you, but it's wild. Like you do remember that. Uh, and you always think nah, it's you know, no, um, like you, the cynical side of you is like, ah, it's not true. But having just done, literally just done it once, it's like, oh yeah, that's true. Um, and so, you know, you got to go in there and just give it your all. And it's just a numbers game and they're, you know, not take it personal. If you keep at it, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, you don't, you don't take it personal because they, you know, they're just look, they hope that you walk in as the person, right. You know? Right. So, but yeah, it's not, it's not, yeah, you can't take it personally. Well, which is hard, which is, you know, hard to not do. Yeah. I mean, in life in general, there's so much rejection. It's like, you know, you hear about the people who just quit because they're not the person over and over and over again. And then it's like, oh, maybe this isn't for me, but you know, maybe it's just, it could be one audition away from that dream role one person away yeah. it's which is really crazy i mean that's the crazy thing like i hadn't acted in four years and i was you know had an audition in four years or uh, and uh and it's not like it's not like i had done a ton of it you know i'd only done a little bit of it and then it just the you know the cfo happened. was the right part yeah you know and it was <laughs> well the as stars we... aligned for me as we align and or wrap up on this this interview, like if you could give a message to the world, like what what is your what what would you want people to know in order to like calm down or uh find themselves or I don't know, like I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but just Yeah, no. I mean I it's you know? it's uh well since we were talking music, the power of music you know listen to more music but i mean it's so and it's and i i mean i'm irish i get that irish temper you know that you know you hear about um but it's uh i guess the kind the kinder we can be to ourselves uh, allows us to be kinder to the rest of the world um you get on a t-shirt uh, you know which is easy which is yeah that's a oh, good one so not suck it <laughs> well well it's a mess what a mess what you gonna do you're gonna take out your socket and your socket yeah teddy yeah i was good teddy it was funny when um i saw on your instagram that you posted like the actual real invention and the real inventor i didn't even know it was a real thing i was i was like it's crazy oh. yeah they um yeah and it was uh yeah, they're they're nice. They they like sent me a um thing about it. Uh, I don't know, a year year and a half ago or something like that. And then yeah, they got on Shark Tank and it was uh <laughs> they're it's like I hope the thing takes off. It's uh you know it's pretty cool you know for like young young kids to pick up their you know generally Lego pieces, but and any little toy they have and all that. It's uh the thing seems amazing. I think somehow like they're they it's not they can't they have to they can't like use the word lego or something like that in any of their marketing because it's right they're not officially right. connected but it's yeah but i can 
I'm yeah. just a guy. I got nothing yeah. to do with it. Um, but yeah, isn't that funny? Very yeah, cool. the, yeah. What Mark Cuban and um, uh, I, I. There's another one. Another one of the sharks is uh, they're involved, and I'm sure we'll be buying those things at Target soon enough, or online, or however you know people are shopping these days. Yes. Yes. Well, we are very, very appreciative of your time and yes. very thankful. And I hope oh, this was really fun. Um, thank you for I gotta I gotta I gotta do a screenshot picture here. Oh, okay. Gotta, you know, oh, look your best, Sean. I'll look your best. <laughs> look your best. Okay. Oh dear. Uh -huh. <laughs> um no, this is great. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much well, for having me. Um, thank you. Thank you for your time. Give your love, give our love to Nancy and all the stuff and all the things you're doing and, and abundance and, and Arnold. good vibes Arnold. and everything. And I'm sure I'll see you around Instagram and wherever you're posting. And I'm going to check out the show and just, again, have fun golfing. I hope you get to go see Hardy. I know you might not, but it's definitely worth it. That would, yeah, no, that's thank you. Yeah. I, be I didn't, uh, I've met, I didn't, so Hardy's from, from around here. He's like a couple hours away uh, and he used to be country and he's written for like a ton of country people, but I went to see Morgan, um, Wallen and he opened up for him and he did a few, a few things. And I know a lot of people that know him, I haven't actually met him. Um, but when he came out, he did this like heavy metal stuff, but it's like heavy metal country. And I was like, oh, I don't actually like heavy metal. And I didn't know I liked heavy metal. I mean, Craig's a heavy metal person. And uh, but it was a weird combination. He does like rap and he does like heavy metal and he does country and he gets I don't know how he does it. But I was like, wow, I needed this in my life and I didn't even know it. And it was just been like really interesting. But here I am, a Hardy fan, and he's like my favorite. So if you get to go, you might be pleasantly surprised about just how his show is. He embodies like every syllable. That's what I love about Rob is Rob, like, you know how he is like he like his yeah, whole body yeah. takes over each syllable that he enunciates. And it's like he lives lives the music and same thing with Artie man it's like whoa I want to go back again and see that so if you get to go go great if you're not you know have fun golfing I hope you win I don't know thank you no I, I, I will yeah. but um it'll, it's gonna be great I you know I'm an old golf nerd uh, three days grace what do you think Craig you know those guys three days grace are they heavy they considered a heavy metal band uh not off the top of my head but go on go on do you know that you know well you can look them up man you can look them look up my younger up. son my my younger son uh turned me on to them i think that yeah that's what they're called and they're they're all awesome. i'll check them out he's, I will. he's that's one of his or maybe they're just like a hard rock band. i don't i don't know what they're considered but it leaned <laughs> in that direction involved. any screaming and shouting involved and it's fairly heavy i think i think there's a little bit of that yeah okay i'll give it Definitely i'll give it a so. <laughs> well thank you again and again just for your time and you're just you're so kind you're just a good person like i get that from your essence and you know like i was telling some friends um i was like during like just the weird bizarre 
things that have happened in January. Like, I, it was weird how, like, I had true people that I thought were friends, like, complete crickets. And then I had complete strangers who, like, reached out and were like, hey, so sorry. And you were one of those people that were just like, hey, I saw this one Instagram. I'm so sorry about your grandma or your mother-in-law or your niece or, you know, whatever. I was like, God, yeah, that's just freaking nice. January. Like, that's super, super nice of you. And I could just, you're just a good guy and I wish you the best. And I know Craig feels the same way now that he's gotten to talk to you a little bit and um, have a great year and a great birthday. And we'll see you around. Wish you every success. February 19th, Craig, back at you, baby. And you, and you 13th. That's it. I'll send there you There we message. go. Awesome. <laughs> well, you guys have a great year uh, as well. And uh, we'll be, uh, We'll be we'll be messaging on the IG. Yes. All IG. Right. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you. See you again. Bye bye. See you, gang. Thank you very much. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Charnel. Thank you.